When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Oh, does your head hurt? <laughs> Is your head still going crazy after the NFL draft? Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, put him up. Of course, our man Jason Lockon for a part of this podcast as well. Baldy, 54 million viewers before this draft. Unreal. And, you know, we're talking about a three-day extravaganza, right? And, and I continue to talk about, like, this is a three-day TV show, right? Thursday is the premiere of the show. And then Friday and, and then Saturday, you know, you don't want to miss the episodes. And I kind of talked about it in that way because that's how we view our television now. It's like, oh, I got to see this show. What a show it was, Baldy. At the end of the day, as we start to talk about what happened in the NFL draft, I thought it was fun, entertaining, and then a lot of teams surprised us, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Well, they they did. And, you know, the trades, you know, right away, you know, Houston taking C.J. Stroud and then trading right back up to go get Will Anderson and giving up a number one pick. I mean, already people's heads were exploding because did they give up too much? Mm. You know, and what's that? And and is Will worth it? I mean, so, you know, the debates are on. But here's what I'll say, Carl, about 54 million people watching is there is, I mean, the NBA playoffs going on, NHL playoffs. I mean, there's some unbelievable games. Sixers beat the Celtics last night. I mean, without Joel Embiid, there's some amazing things. Florida Panthers knocking out, you know, beating uh, Boston Bruins and knocking them out. I mean, the, the playoffs are on, and they're good. It's exciting. Nothing trumps the NFL. And I told people back in L.A. at the NFL Network before this started last week when I was there, I said, we honestly, Carl, could talk about the draft 24 7, 365. <laughs> like it never, ever. And, and, yeah. and look, whether these people are qualified to know or they're not qualified, I don't know. But like people have opinions, you know, about these players, about what they should have done. I wish, you know, Jair Brown goes to San Francisco in the third round. There's 20 people from other teams going, I know we should have gotten a ball. He's a good player. He's a takeaway machine. Like you can't, you can't honestly stop. And then at the end, ultimately, you know, then you start going, okay, is there a Brock Purdy in this draft? You know, mm. because we just saw Brock Purdy go from Mr. Irrelevant to winning eight games in a row. Is there a Max Crosby out there who's a $100 million guy that nobody talked about coming out of Eastern Michigan four years ago? So, like, it 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 has these tentacles and these legs that just never go away, and, and people's eyeballs are glued to it. 
Yeah, and it's the fascination too that the thing that amazes me, Baldy. It's you're paying attention to teams outside of your your you know your realm. You, yeah. if, if you live in a certain city and that's your squad, with the draft you find yourself watching what other teams are doing and then criticizing it and then you know critiquing it. And I, I we don't do that during the season, right? During the season, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm watching the Giants and. I care about what the Giants are doing and, and who's our opponent. And this is really weird in that sense, right? You cared about the Cowboys screwing up, right? You you wanted to see if somebody was going to do something stupid and then fans pay attention to that. It's, it's, it's really, Carl, it's the ultimate reality TV show. It really is because it, 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 it it's like a melodrama. It just includes everybody. Everybody's voice needs to be heard and, and everybody like, you know, is either fist pumping, you know, over the pick, or they're just like ready to, you know, slam their head against the wall. I mean, it just it draws all this emotion mm. out of people, and it's why we we watch. And look, Kansas City put on a great show. Um, you know, the NFL is unbelievable. Uh, the stage, the setting, you know, so it's visually it's just unbelievable. And then you just see the emotions. You see the emotion of Will Levis not getting drafted on Thursday night and having to wait to the top of the second round. And you just see that overall, and you just see these kids, Tyree Wilson, like those tears are real. Like these kids, you know, they dreamt about it their whole life. And here they are with a chance to, you know, go here, go there. I mean, just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great reality TV. Brian uh, Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you guys. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, get new episodes Tuesday and Thursday. We will tell you Thursday we'll start to, Push forward, okay? We're going to talk about the draft a little bit more today and some of the things like Aaron Rodgers being in New York and some of the things that we're watching. But um, I'm looking forward to now, Baldy, as these rosters start to, you know, shake out and we can get back to talking about what these teams are really going to look like. And then before we know it, guys, I know it sounds crazy. We'll be in OTAs and camp and then it's Mm -hmm. go time again. Baldy, let me ask you, um, were there any clear winners in this draft for you when you talk about whether it was a team or a player, we talk about winning like a guy going to the right situation or a team that just simply crushed it. Well, I think there's quite a group of teams I think that have done well. I mean, we saw Seattle last year crush the draft and we know that they crushed it by the performance of the rookies, you know, uh, during the season, whether it's Charles Cross and Abe Lucas starting at the tackle positions, day one, two rookies, True. out there starting with a rookie running back and a team making the playoffs, playing Pete Carroll kind of football. And so you look at Seattle, I'm not saying they're the best at it, but, you know, you go and get arguably the best corner with the fifth pick and arguably the best wide receiver with their 20th pick, mm-hmm. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Devin Witherspoon. You, you look and you go, okay, here's a team that was in the playoffs that might have gotten the best corner and maybe the best receiver. And then you go, all right, Derek Hall out of Auburn, he's got all the traits to be an elite pass rusher. Now, whether he becomes one or not, he's got the traits necessary uh, uh, to be one. He shows up. And then you go, Zach Charbonnet, okay? You want to back up to your, your rookie running back last year? I mean, he averaged seven yards of carry at UCLA this year. You know, he started at Michigan as a freshman. Like, the guy can run the football. He, he, he can catch the football. He's a good football player. And you just keep going. And you go, okay, Anthony Bradford from LSU. Could he go in there and step in at guard for, for the Seattle? Yeah, he could do that. And you just keep going and you go, well, wow, John Schneider is is pretty sharp, you know. And um, so you, you go, 
you know, Seattle did a lot, you know, and I could say the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first draft for Omar Khan and, and Andy Weidel. And you go, I remember talking to those guys and just without giving any information away, they, they had debates over Broderick Jones or Joey Porter Jr. Like, you know, what do you do at 17 if, if Broderick is there and you want the tackle, but Joey Porter Jr. is there and you want the corner? What's that? That's a debate. I'm, I'm like a, a normal debate, right? 17th pick in the draft. What do we do? They got both players. Yep. They jumped. They jumped the Jets at 15 and traded with the Patriots to go get Broderick Jones, thinking maybe the Jets might want that tackle. You know, already off the board. You know, the Skaronsky was off the board. Paris Johnson was off the board. This is the next one. Uh, Darnell Wright was off the board. This was the last one to go. So Pittsburgh jumps in front of uh, the Jets and they get Broderick Jones. And somehow when they wake up on, you know, Friday morning, Joey Porter Jr. is still there. Mm. And they've got the first pick in the, of the second round, the 32nd pick, pick, arguably two first round picks. And they get Joey Porter Jr. And then they get, you know, the tight end Darnell Washington. Like who, who, what, who would want him, you know, helping a block for Najee Harris? You know, you just like, and they get, you know, Nick Herbig, um, who's going to be a good player for him, um, you know, and they get Keanu Benton, who they wanted to kind of bolster the interior. It's kind of hard not to look at those two teams and go, man, they got value. They got the players. They, they, you know, you put them with Mike Tomlin, you know, they're going to be well coached to, you know, just two, two, just two teams. I could go Indianapolis, Houston, there's other teams out there, but those two right off the top of my head, I really like what they did. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, the Steelers, <laughs> you know, they change general managers and they still just – they don't screw it up, right? I mean, the, the history of this franchise and, – and you guys know, we love Mike T. I mean, I do. Um, and, and I respect what he's able to do as they've gone through this transition and you, you think there'll be, you know, a fall-off. And there just isn't it. And you talk about Omar, Omar taking over and it's like, man – I don't know if it's like in just in the water, right? Or their philosophy and their convictions, Baldy, to how they want to team build remains the same. And, and I got to tell you, Friday I'm in the car. We, we finished up my show and I'm in the car driving. I'm listening to the draft. We, yeah. we had talked a little bit. And when the Porter pick happened, just talking about Pittsburgh for a second, I got chills, man. Yeah, That's a cool ass story, right? Yes. That no dad and the history with dad. And here's the team that has a chance to, to pick a legacy guy. And, and it's so rare, guys, in the NFL. First of all, you got to be in the right spot to Baldy's point. The timing is the kid there. And it all fell into place. And Baldy, I'm just, I was like, dad is really cool because we watch Joey Porter senior. We know, yeah. right? Well, um, so here's the thing is. How do they do it? You know, that's a question. You know, here's Omar. Here's Andy Weidel. They're working side by side. So I'm good friends with Andy Weidel, who's their personnel. So I'm like, so how how involved is Mike T, Andy? He goes, Baldy. He's in every meeting. Mm. Every meeting. He goes, he doesn't have any hobbies. He doesn't play golf. <laughs> like he's got his two kids, both in college. Both, he went to the Knicks game with one of his kids. It's at, I don't know, Columbia or whatever. Um, that's it. He's got his, he's got his, he's got his, his boys. He's got the Steelers. You remember a couple of years ago, people were like, hey, Mike, we, we hear these rumors about you going to college. He's oh, like, yeah. let me just end this right now. 
I've got the ultimate job. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not listening to anybody. I'm staying here in Pittsburgh. Like, he is all in. Now, I'm sure other coaches are do the same thing. I'm not picking Mike T out. But there is that non-losing record for his entire tenure. There has never been a dip. Crazy. You know, they transition from Ben to Pickett, and they got to kind of redo this thing, and they get nine wins. Um, they They know what they're looking for. They know what they're looking for, and they know the character that's required to walk into that locker room. Knuckleheads aren't going to survive in that locker room with Cam Hayward and some of the guys, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, I, I remember when Minka got traded from the Dolphins to the Steelers, and I did this film session with Minka. And I go, Minka, you know, like Miami didn't really look like they knew what to do with you. They, they had you in the nickel corner, your safety. Pittsburgh trades for you, and five days later, you're starting a free safety for the Steelers. Like, you just look like a Stealer. He goes, I felt like a Stealer today. Like, that's where I belong. Wow. You know, like, there's Troy Palomaro, there's Minka. I mean, you just see these legacies. You know, there's T.J. Watt, there's Joey Porter. Like, there's there's just these legacy positions. And so, they 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 really have a – I think they got a leg up because of just the – you walk in the building, there's all the trophies right there, and – and, and then there's Mike T right there, and he's in every meeting. And um, so they they draft Steelers is what they do. They do. Baldy, let's talk about the rookies that have an opportunity to make an impact on day one. Obviously, the quarterbacks, because if, if you're going to play from day one, you're going to obviously have an opportunity to, to make an impact. But I also think some of these defensive players, right, that, that were taken at the top of the draft that are going to be thrown in that you expect production from. I'm always very careful about over-exaggerating the production of a guy his rookie season just because we know how hard it is in the NFL, and especially like on the defensive side. You know, you get a guy on the edge. I don't expect these guys to come in and have 15 and a half sacks the rookie season, but you you are expected to produce. So from that standpoint, Baldy, who do you think the rookies that have been drafted have an opportunity to make an impact on day one? Well, I just look at a guy like Will Anderson. I mean, we have said it, but, you, you know, it's rare. You you step on that campus at Alabama or you pick a school, you know, Georgia, you know, Oklahoma. And day one, he starts in that conference and he dominates day one. Like he started every single game. Like he's been durable. He's been productive. They ask him to do a lot of different things. He plays inside. He plays outside. Um, I, I think that D'Amico Ryans and Will Anderson – are going to be united at the hip. Now, C.J. Stroud, I mean, he, he's the quarterback. But, like, you know, sometimes a coach, you know, you get attached to a certain player. I just feel like D'Amico's looking at his alma mater, mm. knows what kind of, you know, players that Nick Saban produces, has watched Will Anderson. He can't help but notice him, um, 41 straight starts. I just feel like Will has a chance to come in and play at a high level um, right away. Like, I don't know if he's going to get 10 sacks or 12, or I don't know. And I don't think it's going to be all about sacks. I just think it's going to be the how hard he plays. He shows up every week. He's going to be a total pro. All the young guys they drafted last year, Jalen Petrie, and, you know, those guys, like, like he's going to be the leader. He's going to be the leader in that defense, like, day one. And he's got other guys from Alabama, linebackers they drafted, linebacker Will Harris they drafted last year. There's a core player, young players. I just think that they're going to gravitate towards one another and start building something good in Houston. 
Yeah, I, I, and I like what, what Nick Casario did. I mean, listen, I gave him a lot of crap. I have over the last couple of seasons. But I really like Baldy, their offseason. And I like, I'm talking about their free agent acquisitions. And I really like what they did in this draft. I totally agree with you um, about Will Anderson. I know you you looked at, I don't know, everybody. G- give me a Give me a sleeper. Give me a team that got a guy. And, and whether we know him or not, or whether we're paying as much attention to him as much as we should, do you have a sleeper in this draft where you went, that's a really good damn player, and he's going somewhere on that particular team that ended up drafting him? Well, um, I could say, like, Buffalo lost to Cincinnati in a playoff game last year, badly, 27-10. Yeah. to 10. Buffalo was never in the game. They got whipped on both sides of the ball in that game. It's just a fact. Now, everybody just, oh, Josh Allen didn't play good. Where was Stephon Diggs? Slam his up. They didn't play well up front on either side. So Buffalo went and they drafted Osiris Torrance, you know, out of, out of Florida. And they needed a, they needed an impactful. Now, they got him in the late second round. But that guy is 340 pounds. He's a wide body that moves bodies. Like, I just think Buffalo. You know, they started off a couple of years ago, and they were strictly air raid. Four yep. wide receivers, put the ball in Josh Allen's hands. Nobody's there. Let him go run. Well, Josh Allen's saying, like, my body is not going to survive 10 yeah. or 12 years doing this. Yeah. It's fun, and I can hurdle people and slam into people. Like, they need to find a different way of winning games, Carl, because it's not working in the postseason. And so you got to get bigger, tougher, more physical up front. I believe Osiris Torrance is a guy – that can make these not a sexy pick. Um, I always, you know, joke that guards are people too. Like I just feel like that guy can make an impact, whether they want to run the ball better or protect better. Like that guy to me is an impactful player right now for the Buffalo Bills in in the way that they have to almost change the way that they play football mm. um, going forward. And so I think that that's a guy right there. I think that you know I mentioned Nick Herbig. Like, Nick Herbig had 20 sacks at Wisconsin. His brother is playing for the Steelers now. This kid's out of Hawaii. Like, I know Nick. Like, I've worked out with him. Like, this guy, this what you want to know about these guys, Carl, why I believe in them. Like, sometimes you have to know the guy personally. Sure. Like, I just know how important the game of football is. You can see when he got drafted, he was in Arizona with his family and friends and not. Like, he broke down. He got the call from Mike T. And – all he wanted was a chance, but he's going to be like, sometimes I tell people like, look, you want linebackers, go to freaking Madison, Wisconsin. Like they're everywhere in the NFL. Yeah. yeah PJ's there. No, but like Wisconsin, they, they cross train these guys. They play them inside, they play them outside, they play them off the ball, off the edge. The way that they train guys at Wisconsin, there's a reason why it's like the new linebacker you. Like mm. they're everywhere in the league. And so I, I feel like Nick Herbig is a guy um, who's got all the traits. Like, maybe he's not long enough. Like, I hear all these measurables and, it. like, enough with it. Just give me guys that love the game. They'll figure it out. And I feel like Nick is that kind of guy. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, it's a great point. Um, you know, we talk about wins and losses as far as in the draft. It's Guys, it's way too early. We're just talking about yes. guys that we feel like, again, are going to project and potentially really help their teams. As far as who won and lost in this draft, you know, for for, for Baldy and I, we we have the same opinions about this. We got to wait to see how these guys play, how these teams play. But just what we know about these players, it, it it means a lot to talk about situations. And some guys went into a great situation. Baldy's talking about it. Other guys, their situations may not be as good, and therefore their production may not be what we expect it to be. Um, Baldy, as we talk about the the draft, I got to bring this up, and I want to get your opinions on it. So the Falcons at eight, they take a running back. We hadn't seen this since Saquon Barkley was taken in eighteen. We hadn't seen two running backs taken this high with Jameer Gibbs and 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 uh, obviously Bijan Robinson since I think it was seventeen draft maybe uh, when you go back and you had two guys in the top fifteen. So there's a lot of conversation about Jalen Carter being on the board when the uh, Atlanta Falcons pick their 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 guy. And part of that is that Jalen Carter played at the University of Georgia. A lot of University of Georgia players end up ended up in Philly. And now, you know, the jokes are out there and the memes are out there about Howie Roseman picking all these Georgia guys. And, and it's simple, right? They won two national championships. They got great players. Mm-hmm. But for the Falcons, I think, okay, and from what I know and from what I've heard and from the people I've talked to, their convictions about Bijan Robinson fitting their culture and also the bigger thing, and this is the bigger thing, and I want to put this out there. Part of Arthur Smith's plan, and we'll see it work if it works, is to have these guys, Baldy, that are positionless, meaning I can put Bijan in the slot, I can put him at a wide receiver, I can put Pitts if I wanted to in the backfield, I can put him at tight end, I can put him out wide, I can use Drake London. You've got three dynamic guys that you can do a bunch of stuff with. And I think Arthur Smith, for the last three years, their plan was, listen, forget about we need a guard, which they addressed, or we need a defensive tackle. I'm going to go get these playmakers because I understand how I can potentially use them. And Baldy, you've got to score points in this league. You've got to be able to put the ball in the end zone. So it's something that's plagued the team since Arthur Smith took over. And so they, they take Bijan. And, and there's just a lot of fuss about this. And then the other side of it is, we have since found out that Jalen Carter, there were teams that weren't sold on him, right? Howie Roseman can take a chance on Jalen Carter. One, his team is good. Two, they won a Super Bowl in 17. They were just there last year. He's got tenure, Baldy. If this doesn't work, it doesn't hurt Howie Roseman as much as it would have hurt Terry Fontenot to take a guy like this as early and say, oh, he's not as good or we're not, he's not panning out to be what we expected. I think that was a lot into the thinking of why they drafted Bijan Robinson. Well, <clears throat> character is important. It's probably as important as anybody's talent. And so, 
you know, Seattle had a need for Jalen Carter at five. They passed. Detroit had a need for Jalen Carter and passed. The Las Vegas Raiders had a, had a need for Jalen Carter badly and passed. The Atlanta Falcons, even though they addressed the interior of their defensive front with in free agency, they had a need and they yep. passed. So that's four teams that all had a need for arguably what people said. Now, whether he's overrated or not, a lot of people that are highly thought of in this business said he was the best player in the draft, the most talented, and he might be. But four straight teams in a row, including Atlanta, passed before Philadelphia traded, you know, with the ninth spot to go draft him with Chicago. So that's that. And then to your point, look, the Golden State Warriors keep winning championships. We'll see if they win another one. Um, by playing positionless basketball. Like, anybody can handle the ball. Anybody can bring the ball up the court. Yes, there's always Steph. But, you know, for a long time, it was it's positionless. They sort of redefined how you play the NBA. And nobody scores more points than the Golden State Warriors. And that's kind of what you got to do. And when you study Bijan, he is an incredible route runner. He can run routes like your slot receivers. And so you can play Bijan and Cordero. You can play. There's so many combinations. And then those combinations will dictate what personnel the defense puts on the field. And so you could legitimately put, you know, Pitts and Drake London at the end of the line of scrimmage with Bijan and Cordero Patterson, like in any combination. And how are you going to defend that? And who are you defending it with? So that's that. And then they went and got Matt Bergeron, who was a really dynamic, I mean, really good, solid football player. I, I posted some stuff about him. His coaches at me going, Baldy, you have no idea the work ethic of this kid. Mm. This kid is, is born to play 10 or 12 years in the NFL. And I don't know, Matt. I just posted some things about him. I got coaches, for, you know, like just letting me know, like what you're saying about this guy, there's going to be the left guard. He's their left guard. They got better up front. Yep. Like they're going to, they're going to have a good wall. And they're going to have a lot of talent, and they're going to score a lot of points. Now, we'll see what the quarterback is like. Um, you know, that's always, the, you know, the stir. But I think culture is really important. I think coming to the locker room, going to work, um, staying in the staying late, Friday nights, this is what we're doing. Like Saturday, we're on the road. We're going to act like, you know, adults. Like just that stuff is important, Carl. You win and lose games with your culture. And I feel like Bijan, he wants to be great. He's got a chance to be great. I, I think Atlanta made the right move. I do too. Uh, and, and I'm not being short-sighted or, you know, having blinders on. Uh, I talked about this for probably a month and a half. And as I said to you last week, people thought I was crazy. And then they actually do it. And, and trying to put the reasoning behind it is the hard part, right? Because people go, well, oh, who does this? <laughs> but they're not thinking about the big picture. Well, I mean, if you think about this, Carl, because I asked this to LaDainian Thomas and some people last week. I said, if you had to redraft whenever Derrick Henry came out, he was a second-round pick at Alabama, wouldn't you take Derrick Henry? Yes. After what he's just done over five years in this league or six years, whatever it is, like rushing leader, foundation of the team, perennial playoff team. For I mean, Derrick Henry has been a first-round draft pick. They drafted him in the second round. But if you redrafted Nick Chubb, you draft him in the first round. Yes. Like, you know, so, so you can say, like, maybe Bijan flames out after five years, but who cares? Like, like there's no guarantees on any of these guys, any positions. So, I don't know. Like, I, I, 
I felt like that was after I watched his receiving skills, he didn't drop a single ball at Texas last year. Like after I watched his receiving skills, I'm like, there's so many things you could do with this guy. You're going to score more points because Bijan's in your lineup. Then you are going to save points because Jalen's in your lineup and Jalen in a rotation with a bunch of pretty good players up front for Atlanta. They made the right choice. I talked to the kid on Friday uh, and, you know, I said this to you and I'll share this with our, with our audience. He's a great young man, like Mm -hmm. has the foundation comes from a great family. The background yeah. is like his grandfather played in the league. I mean, his grandpa was a, you know, and then his, I think his, he was in a referee in the Pac-12. I mean, he's got this lineage. His yeah. uncle played, but just a solid foundation, man. And I think that is important when you come into the league, Baldy, and I hand you a big fat check and you talk about all those things you've got to be able to handle. Um, I do think it's important. Baldy, let's talk about our man, Aaron Rodgers. I saw him at the Rangers game. They put him on the big screen over the weekend. Him and Alan Lazard are having a good time. And I'm like, man, this dude is embracing New York, New York. All right. With that said, what do we know right now? Is he in these meetings? Is he in New York? What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Was that just for show for the fans? Or what's the deal with Aaron right now since he's been introduced as a New York football jet? Well, I spent the day with the Jets on Friday. He was there on Thursday. <clears throat> he stayed. I mean, he's there. And, you know, like, look, there's Green Bay has a lot of benefits to playing. There's a great organization. It's a great uh, – it's Titletown, USA. But the New York Knicks aren't playing a playoff game in, you know, Green Bay's backyard. Like, Aaron's a culture guy. Um, you know, like, there's New York City right there. You know, I don't know where he's going to live. He's going to live in Hoboken like Eli Manning did. But, like, he's, there's a lot to take advantage of. And he's a sports fan. So, there he is at a Knicks game. And he's not there. Like, he's there to, to cheer the Knicks on. Like, he's behind the New York teams. He'll, the Rangers. I mean, you name it. Like, he's going to get into it. And, you know, there's going to be he's going to be seen at certain restaurants. And there's going to be, you know, uh, Broadway. I mean, he's going to take advantage of this. And I don't believe this is a one-year thing. I think this is. A multiple year, I think this is at least two years for him, provided he's playing well. Sure. I think it's going to rejuvenate him. There's certainly the uh, let me show you what I can still do thing to it, which is always exists when players are no longer seem to be wanted by the other team. And you can make fun of being in the darkness and all the other things that Aaron has done in the off seasons. Yeah. I think he's all in. I think there's a core Brees Hall you know, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, uh, Joe Douglas, the general manager, seeing Nathaniel Hackett there, seeing the energy of Robert. I just think there's a newness that he's enjoying. And just my time there on Friday up there, like it's authentic, you know, just, you know, he's already like, they asked him to sit down and, and do this thing. And I did this thing. And, you know, and, and they, they want me to come up and do this thing with Aaron and Nathaniel Hackett. I'm like, I'm all in. Like, he wants to do it. Like, so I'm like, is he doing it? Like, is, is he enjoying it? He goes, no, oh, put a mic on me. It's fine. Like, I know what to do. Like, like follow, follow him around the building with a camera. Put a, put a mic on it. You know, like, let's do it. Woody's walking with them to the building and he's getting, the, you know, the tour. And he's like, let's do it. Come on. I I, I know how to do this. Like, he's, this is going to, this is going to be, this could be a good and look, the schedule comes out. I forget which day right now, Carl, like May 12th or 13th. Yes. Like yeah. That. Right. 
I'm hearing, Carl, it could be Jets-Giants Monday Ooh. night opening up the season. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they're going to track national TV. The schedule's crazy. Dallas, Kansas City, Philly. I mean, it's big. But there's Aaron Rodgers in the middle of it. You know that – you know how this – the NFL is, you know, like what Showtime is all about. They they don't have to go looking for storylines. It's staring right there at them. And so this deal was important to get done before the schedule came out because the Jets had one national TV game last year against Jacksonville on Thursday night. It was disaster. It was. Like Aaron will be featured with that team quite a bit. Nathaniel Hackett, tell me, I heard Aaron say he, you know, we, we talked about this in the offseason. We didn't know, I shouldn't say the offseason, probably what. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. January, February, maybe, um, where we thought Nathaniel Hackett would have a major role in helping get Aaron to New York, right? He was in Denver. He gets fired. Salah hires him as the OC. Can you talk about their relationship? I mean, because I know they were together in Green Bay, but a lot of people, Baldy, let's just be honest, they don't give Nathaniel Hackett the credit in Green Bay because he had a pretty good offensive mind as a head coach, and people just think, well, he was a dude that was there. Now these guys are they're back together like this, right? I'm just curious. Like I heard Aaron say one of the reasons why he did, he made this decision was Nathaniel Hackett. He likes him. He likes him. He trusts him. I, I sat down at a quarterback collective camp for high school, you know, kids and quarterbacks a couple of years ago in Indianapolis. And uh, I sat down with Nathaniel. He was coaching at the clinic. He's a great teacher, really good teacher. Um, and very outgoing, very um, gregarious. And we sat down and we literally watched a playoff game, the whole game. And, he, you know, he'd start from the play to the formation, to what Aaron saw, to the checks, to the audibles, to the – the design of the, I mean, went through the whole thing. Like just, I don't know if people just realize, you know, how intricate yes. all this stuff is. Yeah. We, we, we want to dumb it down and simplify it, which is fine. But there is so many details to almost any given play. And I don't know that anybody can articulate it better than Aaron, but when they're putting game plans together and they're, looking at defenses and they're looking at weaknesses and how to attack them and down distance situations. Um, you need a guy that you can literally talk this through the head coach, Matt LaFleur certainly is a big part of, it. I'm not going to um, say that Matt's not a huge part of it, but he's got, he's the head coach. He's got a lot of other responsibilities. I mean, Aaron's like trying to put this game plan together. And he's like, you know, this formation it's going to give this team a lot of problems. And so you, you talk these, you talk the game plan out. And I think that's a big part of Aaron is the details and knowing that he's got a like-minded guy to talk it out with them. It's really important. You know, in, in, in the game plan, you know, you get this rough cut on Tuesday, you know, and every quarterback is involved on Tuesday, even though it might be the day off. 
And then Wednesday, you, you know, you're, you're going through the first walkthrough and the meetings and you're laying out the, the blueprint to win this game on Sunday. And the game plan, you, you okay, there's the red zone. There's the two minute, like, and you're just adding and here's our goal line situation. And it, it changes every week. And you need a guy that you can really, okay, like when I'm looking at this here, you know, Nate, like this is what I'm seeing, right? This is what, I, what we're doing. Yeah, this is we're we're gonna have this motion, blah blah. And, and so I really feel like that connection mm. is really airtight. And I know it didn't work out in Denver, and he looked like he was over his head. But that doesn't preclude a guy that understands the game and the details of the game and can think the way Aaron thinks. All right, I got to ask you about this. We were talking about the Eagles. Uh, do we give them a high grade based on what we know? Yes, they they drafted very well. But I think the sneaky trade of DeAndre Swift late in this draft, right, where basically, you know, the Eagles trade for DeAndre Swift. Now, I want you to think about the Eagles and how they're already made on offense. And if you don't know DeAndre Swift and you hadn't watched the Lions or you didn't watch the University of Georgia, he is a he is a very versatile dynamic back as well. Does a great job of catching the ball in the backfield. He's shifty, right? Quick twitch, all the stuff we talk about, and he's got breakaway speed. So they go out and, and acquire him. I think it was a fourth rounder, Baldy, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, forget about the draft. Like, to me, that may have been the best move Howie Roseman made. Now, I know he had injury issues his first couple of seasons, but when this dude is right, he's dangerous. And now you're adding him to Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. And come on now. They had point scores. I mean, it just it, literally, it's just point scores. How deep is your bench? So Rashad Penny has averaged six yards a carry in the NFL when he's been healthy, had a hard time staying healthy. Um, Kenneth Gainwell was their best back in the postseason last year. Miles Sanders is gone. Uh, Boston Scott has a role. He's just a tough, tough kid, u- utility player that can come off the bench if you need him. If, if he's not active, he's not active. But, you know, when you – I could just imagine – as soon as Detroit, with the 12th pick, took Jameer Gibbs, I can imagine Howie getting on the phone and talking to Detroit and going, look, what's uh, what's the deal with Swift? You guys, you just drafted a guy? Is he a vet? Yeah. You know what? Gibbs are starting back. Um, you know, we've seen enough of, of Swift. You know, the injuries, you know, can't make, you know, nagging injuries. You know, not 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 like torn ACLs, but just snagging injuries. He's missed Missed a lot of games over the last three years. Missed games at Georgia. Missed time at Georgia. It's, it sort of has traveled with him. But he's a Philadelphia kid. Yeah, He's from Philly. Went to St. Joe's Prep. Won a state championship here at St. Joe's Prep. Like, he's back. Like, I saw him going into Novacare. Got a big old Philadelphia grin on his face. Probably <laughs> at the Sixer game, you know, against the Celtics this weekend. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it's he's 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 home. And so, it, it's, it's kind of a win-win. Like, Detroit says, th- second-round pick just – 2020, we got our guy. He, he he does exactly what DeAndre does, maybe better, maybe faster. Um, let Philadelphia take him. So yes, he, he he's a point scorer. He comes off the bench. We'll see if he if he stays healthy behind this offense line. Um, he'll he'll be very productive. And and I'm curious, you know, as we move forward, Baldy and I will be talking about this uh, these offensive lines, you know, division breakdowns and roster rankings and all this stuff as we start to move forward. But, Baldy, you know, I know you look a lot at these offensive lines. Philly's still intact, right? I mean, from the Super Bowl with the decisions that were made, 
they're coming back intact. I know they lost one of their big time players. They lost, they lost the right guard, Isaac Salamalo. Salamalo, that's right. Agency. They just couldn't, you know, they just couldn't pay to keep him. They wanted to, but he's, you know, he's a three hundred thirty pound uh, mover, unbelievably athletic, really smart. Probably didn't blow an assignment all year, but they drafted Tyler Steen out of Alabama, and Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach, came from Alabama. He knows plug that and, program. Is this a plug and play guy? Could be he played left tackle at Alabama, he transferred yeah. into Alabama, won the left tackle job. Uh, Doug Marone is coaching offensive lines at Alabama, been offensive line coach, head coach in the NFL. Um, you know, there's connection. I mean, Stout's talking to, to Marone, you know, sure. Marone saying, you know, yeah, he can play right guard for you, you know, whatever. And, but that's my guess right now is that Tyler Steen will be plugged in at right guard at 335 pounds, mm. and they get a big old body between – uh, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, and they keep maybe the best offensive line going with an Alabama left guard and Alabama right guard, um, you know, and a pro, you know, all pro right tackle and an all pro center. And they just keep this offensive line going. I, that's my guess right now. They drafted Steen uh, in the uh, second round, 65th pick. So, you know, they, they knew they had to address it. And I think that's what they did. Yeah, it's a good point, Baldy. Uh, and see, that's what I was. They're going to be good again. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. You know, and you pick a guy in the second round. Listen, guys, first round, you shouldn't screw up. Second round, third round guys have to contribute. Most times they're, they're starters. You get to your fourth and fifth and sixth round guys. Hopefully you find, you know, a starter or two there. But, Baldy, the reality is, like, a second round guy is supposed to come in and, and affect your team. You know, yeah. he's got to be a guy. Yeah, I think they can plug and play him. You know, it's interesting, though. Um, some teams just – do it differently and better than others. The fact is, is that in this offseason now, the Eagles coming off a Super Bowl loss, paid their quarterback. Normally, that's prohibitive of keeping a lot of other players. True. They re they uh, extended Lane Johnson at right tackle. They brought Jason Kelsey back at a high-dollar figure. They retained both starting corners, and they retained both Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. And they just added this in the draft. So, you know, I, I don't know. The salary cap is, you know, it's a it's a blurred line, right, Carl? It is. It some is. teams seem to be trapped by it and can't ever get out from underneath it. And then some teams, they just, I don't whether they push it down the road or whatever they do, they had all this to keep Darius Slate, to keep James Bradbury, to bring Koch. Like they're 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 bringing them all back for basically one more crack at it. So it's it's amazing, just the uh, accounting that they do that looks different than a lot of other teams. All right. While we're talking about the Eagles and listen, there are Cowboy fans watching this and going, you ain't saying nothing about the Cowboys. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick before we get out of here. They go defensive tackle first round. They go tight end second round. They lost their tight end guys. He's with the Texans now Dalton Schultz. And then they go linebacker. This, this was interesting defense. Offense, defense, defense. That's your first four rounds for the Cowboys. How did you evaluate what they did as we're talking about the Eagles still being loaded? Well, I went on last Tuesday, a week ago, I went and watched uh, every uh, pass rush of Micah Parsons. And he had 13 and a half sacks last year. He had a good year, all pro. But I was like, he did it with literally no interior pressure. And it just kept showing up and up. So I texted him. I'm like, dude. Like you're doing this, you're winning so frequently, and you're not getting home. You what's going on inside? Like, 
he goes, Baldy, I, you know, you know, not to take his words, but I said, you need to draft just a stud defensive tackle. He goes, I know. Like a space taker? Not just that, but a guy can just crush the pocket. Okay. Like Matthew Smith is a freak of strength and power. Uh, they play a different style at Michigan where they don't just let you tee off. They're two gapping. They're sitting in a frog stance. They're reading. This guy moves bodies. And if he does what I think he can do, I, I believe Micah Parsons, and it's not about his sack numbers or, you know, winning the sack title or anything like that. It's about they led the league in takeaways two years in a row. They could do it again because Micah just forces takeaways and turnovers and tip balls and all that kind of stuff. And Mizey's going to help it. Like, I think that was, I don't say they listen to me, but it was a position of need and has been. Mm. And they got their guy that could push the pocket inside. What Javon Hargrave did in Philadelphia, what yeah. Chris Jones does in Kansas City, what Aaron Donald does in Los Angeles. There's, there's not that what Jeffrey Simmons does in Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. what they hope Jalen Carter does in Philadelphia, what Quinnen Williams does. They need a guy that can win from the inside. And I think if Mazzy does that, Dallas's defense, which is already very good, and, and you add Stephon Gilmore, like they could be a great defense. Yeah. Dan Quinn has got some things he can play with now, and it's going to yeah. be interesting. Guys, we're going to continue to talk about – what these teams look like, division breakdowns. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, um, some of the betting odds uh, as we move forward on Thursday when we come back. I think our buddy Nick Costos is going to join us as we start to look at some of the betting odds for some of these rookies. But the draft is done. And now, as they like to say, the hay is in the barn, and we're going to see how these coaches now start to maneuver some of these picks and what they want to do and schematically and all of that stuff. So uh, it, it's going to be fun. Next big thing for us, as the NFL is the schedule yeah. release. And I can't wait. We're two weeks away. Baldy, great job as always, yeah. man. Thank you guys yeah. for joining us. In the huddle, subscribe. All right, like us. Tell your friends about us. Don't miss an episode. We'll put another one out coming up a little bit later on this week. Tuesdays and Thursdays is usually when we do it. But if something happens and, you know, something else goes on, we'll definitely jump in. Guys, thank you so much. Baldy, have a great day. You guys take care.